0: Hey everybody, I'm Will, and for the last eight years of my life, I've had a beard, but look at me, I shaved it off. Don't ask me why. I, 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 I was preparing the message this past Friday, and I, I just, I was like, man, I should shave my beard off. And I went into the bathroom, and I got the razor out, and I turned it on, and then I turned it off, and I was like, going back and forth, and I was like, forget it. And that, that was it, man, that was it, so I just shaved it off. A lady last night came up to me and she was like, "Oh, you look like a baby." <laughs> I just turned 42. Uh, but now everybody's saying that I look like I'm in my early 30s. And you know what, you know what has happened is no one respects me anymore. Every nobody's calling me sir. Everybody's calling me bro. And and then and I love my staff here at the church, amazing staff, but, but none of them are respecting me like they were before. I don't know what it is about a beard with like gray in it, but it commands respect. <laughs> so I'm throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this thing. I've got microderm, uh, a roller that I'm gonna use on it, jojoba oil, whatever it's called, vitamins. Like I'm putting everything back on my face and I'm growing that thing back because this, this is not gonna work for me. So anyway. I had to get that out of the way. The Lord spoke to me uh, in the back and said, Will, you don't want your, your clean-shaven face you know, to be a distraction during the message. Just, just talk about it right out the gate. Anyway, anyway. Um, hey, I'm excited to be here today uh, teaching God's word. Today, we're gonna be looking at three powerful covenants from God's word and what they mean for us today. But before we dive in, um, how about them Bengals? Come on now. Where are the Bengals fans? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, all right. How about the Rams? Any Rams fans? How many of you don't care? That's all the people that are really upset because the Bucks are not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, come on. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, man, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals. Um, I just, I, nothing, nothing against the Rams, but I call it the Triple J threat. Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Mixon, and Jamal Chase. Like, I don't think the Rams stand a chance against those three guys. They're pretty incredible. Uh, but you know, one of the things that, that fascinates me about the NFL is the contracts that these players uh, get into with these teams. I mean, just take Jamal Chase, for example. Uh, rookie out of uh, LSU. Uh, fifth overall pick in the NFL draft uh, just this this last year, 2021. And uh, he signed a a $30 million contract with uh, the Bengals. $20 million uh, signing bonus up front, $7 million uh, guaranteed each year. And I just, it blows my mind because all that money for this guy to run up and down the field uh, catching an inflated piece of pigskin, like come on. You know, it's just, it blows my mind, but you know, when it comes to contracts, we all have them. Uh, not many of us uh, in the room uh, are gonna get into lucrative sports contracts, but, but we all have contracts. We, we get into real estate contracts. Uh, we finance cars and we get into contracts and, and, and other types of uh, contracts. And why do we have contracts? Why are they important? Well, contracts are important because, number one, they provide structure Uh, in order for our interactions um, with others. Uh, But not only that, they help us understand what's expected of us and also what's expected uh, of others. Without contracts, I think things could get pretty complicated pretty fast. I mean, just imagine uh, getting into an agreement with someone about real estate without a contract, right? Right? Like you go to uh, Joe down the street and you say, hey, I'd really like to purchase that land. Uh, I'll give you X amount of dollars. Shake on it, right? You shake on it. Like we don't do that, right? We get into contracts because contracts are important. I see some of my real estate friends right over there. They're like, yeah, contracts. Uh, But anyways, um, what I came to tell you today um, is that in God's word, we find a different kind of contract. In fact, we don't call it a contract at all, we call it a covenant, a covenant. Now you don't hear that word very often these days, do you? We don't talk uh, a lot about covenants these days, and yet, uh, what you need to know is that covenants are incredibly important in the Bible. In fact, um, what you need to know is that covenants uh, serve as a framework for God's redemptive story. Covenants are important because they serve as a framework for God's redemptive story. So just think about this for a second. From the book of Genesis on, God enters into one covenant relationship after another. And these covenants, What they do is they propel the story of God's love and redemption forward until it culminates in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, aka the new covenant. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at three out of the five explicit covenants found in God's word. You've got the Noahic covenant the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and the new covenant, all right? Today we're gonna look at three of those covenants, uh, but before we do, I'd like to talk about what a covenant is and what a covenant is not, all right? So what is a covenant? Well, we have uh, help from our friends at BibleStudyTools.com. They say the word covenant is from the Latin convenire, meaning a coming together. All right, coming uh, together. It presupposes two or more parties who come together to make a contract, agreeing on promises, stipulations, privileges, and responsibilities. Now, you might say, Pastor Will, that sounds a lot like a contract. Okay, so what's the difference between a contract and a covenant? Well, a contract is just a transaction that takes place, all right? A contract is a transaction that takes place, while a covenant is when a relationship is established. A covenant is when a relationship is established. And I want you to think about the difference between financing a car and marriage, okay? When you finance a car, you get into a contract with the bank. And the agreement is that if you pay X amount of dollars, you'll get the car, right? And so you, you get into this contract, you drive off with the car with you know, personal interest in enjoying that car and, and using it for work or leisure or travel, right? Uh, meanwhile, the bank enters into that contract with interest in the money that you will give them for that car, right? Now, Uh, The thing about uh, this contract that we get into when we finance a car is that once you pay that car off, the relationship ends, right? You keep the car, the bank keeps all your money, right? Now, that's a contract. Marriage is different, though, because marriage is based on covenant, Marriage is a mutually beneficial lifelong relationship where a husband and a wife uh, enter into a relationship and what do they do? They bind themselves together as one and they commit to lifelong faithfulness and lifelong love. It's why we say at at weddings, uh, till death do us part. Right Through sickness and in health, whatever comes, we're gonna stick through it. Why? Because we're entering into a covenant relationship. We're working on spending our lifetime together towards common goals like raising children. That is a covenant. And so a contract is about me and my interests, while a covenant is about us and our interests together. A, a, a contract, uh, what it does is it, 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 it benefits two separate parties, All right, and at some point, the relationship ends. But with a covenant, it transforms two parties into one and binds them together. And ladies and gentlemen, today, as we lean into this idea of covenants, what we're gonna discover is a loving, merciful God, right? One party there, a loving, merciful God who reaches out to sinful human beings, right? That's the second party, you and I. And why, why does he do that? To reveal himself to us and to bring about reconciliation and redemption and relationship with us. Now, I told you there are five explicit covenants. Today we're only dealing with three. And here's how this is gonna work for each covenant that we look at, we're gonna look at the situation surrounding the covenant, we're gonna look at the the, the stipulations or the requirements of the covenant. And then we're gonna land on what each covenant shows us about God and how it might apply uh, to us today. You guys ready to rock and roll? All right, so the first covenant that I wanna talk to you about today has to do with the God of Abraham. The God of Abraham. In about a dozen places in the Bible, God is referred to as the God of Abraham. We see this designation in the Old and New Testaments, and what it points to is the Abrahamic covenant covenant, all right? And so here's the situation with the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, The creation story has happened. God created Adam and Eve, and there's the fall of man, right? All that's already happened. So fast forward to Genesis chapters nine through 11. What we find there is the downward spiral of mankind, which sort of peaks at the story of the Tower of Babel. How many of you have heard of the story of the Tower of Babel? Okay, quite a few of you. All right, so if you're new to the Bible, basically what happens at the Tower of Babel is mankind tries to exalt himself above God. They literally built a tower in an attempt to exalt themselves above God. There's lawlessness, there's wickedness everywhere. And so what does God do? He scatters the nations in judgment. And it's in this moment where we're kind of left uh, to wonder, like, how in the world can mankind recover from this, right? I mean, we've already, uh, in, in earlier on in Genesis, we've seen the flood, right? And the story of Noah, where there's rampant wickedness, man is trying to exalt himself above God, God destroys the earth and everything in it, save Noah and his family, Right? You remember this? God makes a covenant with Noah. We don't have time to get into it now. But you know, you would think that mankind would have figured it out after that, right? But they don't. They try again to exalt themselves above God. And so God scatters the nations, and and we're left to wonder uh, is there any hope for mankind? And then God, in a massive move of love, and mercy and grace towards mankind. What does he do? He calls Abraham into a covenant relationship with himself. The story is found in Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three. I'll read it real quick. You don't have to turn there. This is what it says. It says, the Lord said to Abram, I want you to go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I'll show you. And I'm gonna make you a great nation, says the Lord, and I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, God says, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's the situation. Man tries to exalt himself above God. God scatters the nations, but he establishes a covenant relationship with Abraham because he's a God of love and grace. And here are the stipulations of this covenant. Abraham has to leave his homeland and follow God wherever he leads. Abraham has to walk in the ways of God and teach his family to do so also. And in return, God promises Abraham a a huge family, a sweet piece of land in Canaan, and that his family will be a blessing to all the families Of the earth. Pretty sweet deal if you ask me. Now, there is so much that we could unpack in regards to this covenant. To be honest with you, I wish I had four weeks to go through this with you, but I don't. I've got today. And so, what I want to do is I want to move quickly to what I believe this says about God and what it means for us. Okay, and so, what does the Abrahamic covenant say about God? What, what does it say about his nature? What does it say about the way God thinks and, 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 and behaves? And what does it mean for us today? Well, what I would tell you is this, is that it teaches us that God is a God of promise. And what it means for us today is that we can trust God's promises. He is the God of promise and we can trust his promises. Second Corinthians 1.20 says it this way. That for all the, say it with me, promises of God, find their yes in him. Who's him? Jesus. That's right. For all the promises of God, find their yes in Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Ladies and gentlemen, we serve The God of promises, and all of his promises, including this promise to Abraham that we just looked at, are revealed and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's yes to all his promises. Now, if you're a follower of Christ this morning, this is really great news for you. Okay, because God has made promises to you, and they find their yes in Jesus. Can I just tell you this morning, God promises you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, salvation just for believing in him and having faith in him. He promises you that all things are going to work together for your good and for his glory. He promises you comfort in your trials, peace when you pray to him. He promises you victory over the temptations that you're going to face and that he will supply all your needs. He promises you rest for your weary souls and healing, maybe not on this side of eternity, but definitely on the other side. He promises that to you. and He also promises you power from his Holy Spirit to live the life that he's called you to live. He promises you wisdom and guidance. And one of the things I'm most excited about is that one day he's gonna return and he's gonna rapture his church and take us to glory. If that doesn't get you excited... You better check your spiritual heartbeat. I came to tell you this morning that God is a God of promise, and he'll do what he said. Sooner or later, even if you can't see how it could possibly come true, even if everything inside of you screams that it can't happen, I want you to know today that the God we serve is the God of Abraham. He's the God of promise. He'll do what he said, amen? So that's the Abrahamic covenant, and now I'd like to move on to the God of David, which emphasizes the Davidic covenant, the Davidic covenant. So here's the situation with the Davidic covenant. So God's people enter into the promised land, finally, and at some point, they demand a king. They look at the nations around them, they see the benefits of being ruled by a king, and they Uh, want a king. And so Saul, from the tribe of Benjamin, is anointed as king. Now, if you're new to the Bible, what happens is Saul fails miserably uh, to obey God and and in his duties as king, and so he's rejected. And to make a long story short, God uh, chooses David from the tribe of Judah. Now, that's very important. God chooses David from the tribe of Judah to be king. And what we know about David is that he becomes an amazing leader. He destroys uh, Israel's enemies and he restores the presence of God uh, to the city of David. And so God, again, propelling forward his uh, story of love and grace and redemption, he enters into a covenant relationship with David and he promises David to make his name great and to establish his house and his throne and his kingdom forever. And all that he asks of David and his house is to remain faithful to God and and that that David would lead Israel in obedience to God. Now, let me ask you a question. Was David completely faithful uh, in that? No, he was not. But what we know about David from the scriptures that we read is that he was a man after God's own heart. He had incredible fellowship with God. He had an incredible uh, commitment to please God in everything that he did. But what we know is that he failed. But what I want you to understand this morning is that David's failures did not derail God's faithfulness to do what he said he was going to do. You see, God guaranteed that a righteous son from the line of David would reign forever. First Chronicles 17, 11 through 14 says it this way. When your days are fulfilled to walk with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. I will not take my steadfast love from him as I took it from who was before you, but I will confirm him in my house and in my kingdom forever and his throne shall be established uh, forever. Now, we know that David's son Solomon succeeded him as king and later built a house uh, for the Lord. But let me ask you this, was Solomon the son that was referenced in First Chronicles? No, no. who was it? Jesus. It was Jesus, it was Jesus. Jesus Christ, the descendant of not only David, but Abraham, Matthew 1.1, who did what? Who perfectly fulfilled that prophecy. Now again, there's so much that I would love to unpack about this covenant. But I just wanna show you what I believe this tells us about God and what it means for us today. And so today I came to tell you that when it comes to the Davidic covenant, what it tells us is that our God is a God of faithfulness, that he is faithful and trustworthy all the way through the generations from Noah to Abraham to David and on. Our God is faithful and I wanna tell you this morning that he's faithful in your life that he will finish the work that he began in you. Again, he did it with Abraham and David and he'll do it in the work that he began with you. Philippians 1.6 says it this way. Paul says, I am sure of this Literally, that means I am confident. Since I am confident, Paul says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, say it with me, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, I know. Right now, you are not what you ought to be. And neither am I. We are only a fraction of what God intends for us to be. But I'm telling you, one day, all of our weaknesses are gonna be gone. All of our aches and pains are gonna disappear. All of our failures are gonna be erased. Insecurity, struggles, gone. One day, Jesus is gonna come back and everything is gonna be done. The work will be finished. But so often what happens is, 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 is we, 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 get, we, get, we get caught up in our struggles and our, our, our failures and in our inadequacies, right? I love what Lisa Turkhurst said about this. She said this, that when feelings of inadequacy come creeping in, let's park our mind in God's truth. We're not inadequate, we're in progress. Man, I love that. We're in progress, right? But let's be honest, that in progress part can be really difficult, can't it? We call it the sanctification process, right? Where God is shaping us and molding us into who we will one day become. And that process can be hard and it can be challenging. And and, and, and honestly, it can sometimes feel unfair. Maybe you're here today and you're going through a season of loss or rejection or grief or, or, or confusion. And you look at your life and and you know that you're a son or a daughter of the most high God and you wonder why are all these bad things happening to me? Can I just tell you this morning, whatever is going on in your life, God is faithful. He is faithful and he will finish the work that he began in you. It's evident all throughout the Bible from Hannah who was childless but eventually gave birth to a son named Samuel to David who sinned against God with Bathsheba but was lavished with love and forgiveness from God. Listen, sometimes we're gonna go through things that are completely out of our control but sometimes we're gonna do things that get us off track. Right, But I want you to know this morning that just like David, your failures do not derail God's faithfulness in your life. We serve a God of faithfulness. He's gonna do what he said. He will finish what he started, amen? amen. So we've looked at the Abrahamic covenant and we've seen a God who keeps his promises. And we've looked at the Davidic covenant and we've seen a God who is faithful. Now, and finally, I want to talk to you about the God of Mary Magdalene. The God of Mary Magdalene. Now, I know there's some self-proclaimed uh, Bible scholars and theologians in the room who are going, wait a second, Mary Magdalene? There's, there's no Magdalenian covenant. What's this guy <laughs> talking about? Well, I'm talking about the new covenant, which Mary Magdalene, along with many others in the New Testament, is a beneficiary of. And I chose Mary because I think her New Covenant story is absolutely spectacular. And by the way, I really love how the Chosen TV series tells her story. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. You're missing out if you haven't. But you know, throughout the New Testament, which, by the way, that word testament, is interchangeable with the word covenant. Did you know that? The New Testament or the New Covenant, all the way throughout it, we see Jesus reaching out to the outcasts. We see Jesus going after the sick and the hurting and the broken. And and he just had this incredible way of breaking through social and cultural uh, uh, boundaries, right? Uh, To reach uh, and, and restore the broken, and that's exactly what he did in the life of Mary Magdalene. Now we don't know her full story, but what we do know is that she was demon-possessed and that she was completely broken and hopeless until she met Jesus Christ, the champion of Of the new covenant, who saw her in her time of need and reached out to her with love and mercy and grace and brought healing and deliverance to her. And what was her response to him? Complete surrender. Complete surrender and radical faith, right? She left it all to follow him. We could call her one of his disciples. Right? And why, why, why would she do that? Well, because this, this man, Jesus, came into her life and did for her what no other could do, and that was to save her. And that, my friends, that moment that she had with him is the inauguration of a beautiful covenant relationship between her and the Lord. Listen, the story of Mary Magdalene is a beautiful illustration of the new covenant. And so here's the situation, folks. God created mankind to be in fellowship with him. But mankind blew it. That includes you and that includes me. We blew it. And how did we blow it? We decided to go our own way. We decided to turn our backs on God and we decided to live in sin. But because God is so full of love, and so full of mercy, and so full of grace, what did he do? He set out on a rescue mission of redemption for you and for me. He set out on a rescue mission to restore fellowship with mankind. And so what I want you to see this morning is that from Noah to Abraham to Moses to David, God was on a rescue mission The whole time. And what you need to understand is that all of the old covenants, what did they do? They pointed to Hebrews 8 6, a new and better covenant, which introduces Jesus, the offspring of Abraham the one and only sinless Israelite who perfectly kept, fulfilled, and transcended the law of God. He's the son of David, the royal and righteous son of David from the tribe of Judah who ushers in the kingdom of God through his life, death, and resurrection. And here's the stipulation, folks. The stipulation is that if we would turn to that Jesus in repentance and faith, guess what? We get the highest honor and privilege of entering into a covenant relationship with him forever. Isn't that a beautiful thing we're celebrating this morning? Yes? So here's the big question. What, what does this say about God? What does it reveal about His character. What I came to tell you this morning is that the God of Mary Magdalene, well, he's a God of redemption. He's a God of redemption. That word redemption means, literally, to buy out. Okay, to buy out. And it carries the idea of purchasing a slave's freedom. Now, Jesus said in John 8, 34, that everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin, all right? Anyone here ever commit a sin? Just lift your hand up, two hands up for this guy. We're all sinners, we're all sinners and everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Apart from Christ, we are slaves to sin and that's bad news, but here's the really great news. The really great news is that through the new covenant, Our God of redemption has purchased our freedom with Christ's blood. And in him, we are no longer slaves. Does that get anybody excited? Listen, 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 listen. If you have turned to Jesus in repentance and faith, you are a beneficiary of the new covenant. You have, Romans 5, 1, peace with God. You are, 1 Corinthians 3.16, indwelt by his Holy Spirit. And not only that, but John 3.16, you have the promise of eternal life. And I could go on and on and on and on about the things that we benefit uh, uh, from with the new covenant. But here's, here's the point, here's the big idea of the message that I came to tell you today. This is the thing that, that I, I, I wanna leave you with that I want sticking in your minds when you leave here. And it is this, that your name belongs in that blank. Your name belongs in that blank. And I know that that's really kind of a simple thing, but it's incredible and profound and amazing. Your name belongs in that blank. Listen, a few weeks ago, I was listening to this new song called Same God by Elevation Worship. Incredible song, I highly recommend it. But in this song, it talks about the God of Abraham and the God of David. And and it, and it just talks about how he's the same God. And I was driving and I was listening to this song and to be honest with you, and I've done this my whole life, I put people like that historical Bible figures, I put them on a pedestal in my mind, and I think about how incredible their stories are, right? And, 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 and how, how, how like insignificant mine is. And can I just tell you, God spoke to me in that moment as I was thinking about this, and it wasn't in an audible voice, okay? Uh, Romans 8, 16 happened in my car as I'm driving, which says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are a, a, a children of God, okay? This moment happened, right? Where I'm thinking about God of Abraham, God of David, God of this, God of that, oh wow, how incredible their stories are. And God spoke to me in a powerful way, and he said, hey, I wanna remind you today that I'm also the God of will. And can I just tell you, I know it sounds simple, But in a powerful way, that moment just gave me an incredible sense of belonging and comfort that I hadn't experienced in a while. And it reminded me that I have a story too. that that, that I'm playing a role, and I know it's really small, but I'm playing a role too in the story of the God of promise, and the God of faithfulness, and the God of redemption, and he wanted me to come and tell you today that you have a story too, and that your name belongs in that blank. Listen to me, if you are a son or daughter of God, if you have repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ, he is the God of your name belongs in that blank. So here's what I wanna do to kinda solidify this moment. I'm gonna say God of, and I want you to shout out your name. You ready for this? God of Come on now, come on now. Are you a son or a daughter of Jehovah God, the God of Abraham, the God of David, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Mary? Are you a son or daughter of him too? Your name belongs in that blank. I'm gonna do it again. I want you to say your name like you mean it. God of. Come on, God of. Mm, That's so good. That's so good. God is so good. God is so, so good. He's the God of Abraham, the God of David, the God of Mary Magdalene, and just one more time, he's the God of. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that you are a covenant God, that you used covenants as the framework of your redemptive story. I thank you that from the very beginning, though we turned from you, you pursued us, that through Noah and through Abraham and through Moses and through David and through Jesus in the new covenant, God, that you pursued us and that you've given us the right to become sons and daughters of yours because of the spilled blood of Jesus. God, we just praise you today and we thank you for this reminder today. And we pray with a heart of thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I uh, Between between services, God uh, put something on my heart. I, I think that there's some people here today who... aren't in a covenant relationship with God. And, 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 and you're a very unique kind of person. And this is the only kind of person that I wanna talk to today. And it's the person who is in a contract with God. Remember, a contract is just a transaction. A covenant is where a relationship is established. I think there's some people here today who, who think they're in a contract with God. And, 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 and the situation with that contract is that, that you want the benefits and the blessings of God without actually being in a relationship with him and following him. If that's you today, I implore you to consider a covenant relationship with him. Some of you are here today and you you, you, you just want a contract with God. You you want the benefits and the blessings of of the Lord unless things go south in your life, unless things get bad and and then you want out of the contract. Listen to me. God's not interested in contracts. He's only interested in a covenant and it's available to you. And can I just tell you this morning, Jesus paid it all. Jesus did all the work on the cross for you. There's nothing that you have to do to work for it. And I'll also say this, that when it comes to the covenant, there is no promise that life is gonna be peachy. There is no promise that everything's gonna go well for you. But can I tell you, it's so worth it. It's so worth it because when all is said and done, as I said earlier, and I'll say it again, one day Jesus is gonna come back and he's gonna finish the work he started. And all this stuff that we're dealing with, all all the trials and the struggles in life that we're dealing with, he's gonna make it all right. He's gonna wipe away every tear, every sickness, every sadness. He's gonna heal everything. He's gonna make it all right one day. But for those of you who want to be in a contract with God, he's not interested in that. He loves you way more than that. He has so much for you than that. He doesn't want to have a transaction with you over and over again. He wants to be in a covenant with you once and for all. And so I implore you today, if you've been working on contracts with God, you need to forget about it. Those don't even exist. They're just a, 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 a fictional thing in your imagination. But what's not fictional is a covenant relationship with him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's saying to you today, hey, come home, come home. I've been pursuing you since day one. Before you were even a thought in your parents' mind, God had you on his. He's been pursuing you since day one. He wants to be in a covenant relationship with you. And all you gotta do is accept the fact that you're a sinful person that you're a sinner, that the lying, the stealing, the cheating, whatever it is that you're doing, that it's sin and that it's broken your fellowship with God, but God loves you and he's made a way for forgiveness for your sins. So just admit it, admit that you're a sinner, okay? Admit that you're a sinner, you're going this one way, turn from it today, turn from it and just turn to God and say, okay, I give up and I choose you. I give up on this way of life that I'm living and I wanna experience the life that you have with me. It's really that simple. It's it's repentance, right? It's a turning away from the way that I was living and, and it's faith in the one who can give me the life that I so desperately need. That's it. I implore you today, stop with the contracts, get into the covenant, it's available to you. Here in just a little while, I'm gonna ask ministry partners to come up here and when they do, you need to understand they are here available to you to talk to you about getting into that covenant relationship. As people are leaving here in a moment, you make your way up here. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave here without settling this covenant with God. As people leave, you come up here and let's, let's see salvation in this place today. Christians be praying for that right now. And even as you leave, pray that people will have courage to come this way as you're going that way and come up here and experience a new covenant relationship with him. Is that a deal? Amen. All right, all right. Feels weird to do this, but um, you know what? <laughs> all right, so, so here's the script. I preach, I pray, hard stop, Ariel comes out, we talk about the CCA 5K, um, and then we go home. Forget the script. Let's take care of salvation right now. sorry I'm having a little Holy Spirit moment if you're here today and you're done with the contracts and you want the covenant stand up in front of all these people yeah stand up stand up right now that's so worth it praise God Praise God. I'm done with the contracts. I'm ready for the covenant. Praise God. Christians, I'm telling you, be praying. There's spiritual warfare going on in somebody's life right now. Satan is keeping somebody down. But God is bigger, God is powerful. Let's pray. Stand up. You're done with the contract. You're ready for the covenant. You're ready to cross over from death to life. You're ready to walk away from your sin to the life that God has for you. Stand up. Stand up, don't be embarrassed. Stand up, you got a big group of people around here that loves you. In fact, let me tell you this, let me tell you this, when you stand up today and you get into a covenant relation, new covenant relationship with God, guess what? Everybody in this room becomes your new family because you are adopted into the family of God. Y'all keep standing up, y'all keep standing up. Listen, for those of you who are standing up, I know I, I already said it, but I just wanna say it once more. It, this, this is so simple. Jesus has already done all the work. He went to the cross, he died for your sins. He died for your sins. And in this moment, I'll just I'll tell you this, the fact that you're standing is a bold step of faith in my opinion, and I think you're saved. I, I don't know, like I'm not God, but I think the fact that you're standing up, it tells me that, that you say, you're saying yes to Jesus. You're, 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 you're making a commitment today to, to stop living in sin and start living for him. And, and it's, it's all about faith, right? It's all about faith, we're saved by faith. We're saved by faith. And so you are taking a step of faith right now and your faith is what makes you uh, clean in Jesus' name. His blood, has, it covers you and you're saved. And, and it's such a beautiful thing, but there's something powerful uh, about having a moment with, with God where you pray to him. So, right where you are standing, all of you who are standing up right now uh, for, 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 for getting in on this new covenant relationship, I just want to encourage you to go to God right now in prayer. Just close your eyes. Closing your eyes is the best way to get alone in the room, just between you and, and, and your Heavenly Father. Just tell Him, tell Him that you're ready to follow Him. Admit to Him that the life you've been living is a life of sin. Maybe even confess specific sins to him. Just tell him right now, God, I'm a sinner, and here's how. And as you're praying to him, I wanna encourage you to let him know that today is the day that you're making the decision that Jesus is better than your sin, that today is the day that you're gonna give your life to Jesus. Just tell him that in your own words right now. Ask him to forgive your sins and tell him that you wanna make a commitment today to follow him for the rest of your life. If you just prayed that prayer, could you just shout out in Jesus' name and we'll all say amen. Come on, shout it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we praise the Lord for what he's done here today? You guys can be seated. I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you to come up at the end and we have a Bible for you. Matt, can you get the Bibles? We've got a lot of people. We want we to make sure, we get a Bible in your hand, okay? I also want to encourage you to take that next step and get baptized. Go public with what you went public with today through baptism, okay? You can sign up for baptism um, online. What, a, what an incredible day this has been. This is way better than the Super Bowl. Way better than the Super Bowl. All right, all right. Now I feel a little bit better about inviting Ariel out and talking about the 5K. Come on out, Ariel. Come on, we got more to celebrate. Uh, this is Ariel, you guys. Let's give it up for her. All right, so we got, we got a little announcement to make. Uh, and uh, Ariel, tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, my name is Ariel, and I'm actually a teacher over at CCA. Woo! Pretty much the best school, yeah.
0: We love our teachers uh, over at CCA. Second grade, right? Second grade. Best the kids best in the world. Yeah. Best mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, so um, we got a little event coming up. Can you big tell event. them a little bit? Kind of big. Big event. Kind
1: of big. Not a little yeah, one. Yeah, huge event actually. February 19th, so next Saturday, six days away, we are having our Calvary Stampede, our 5K. Awesome. So we are really excited. That's awesome, It's a lot so of miles. 3.1. It's a lot.
0: <laughs> okay or are you going to run walk or Oh,
1: but I I've, I've been training for it. Really? Yeah, I've really been doing some unconventional training. So Tell us I'm gonna about walk. that. Yeah. You're going to oh, walk. Train, uh,
0: Wait, wait, hold on. You've yes. been training to walk. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I have. Which I looks like what? <laughs> stroll the aisles of Target.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I don't know what you ladies are laughing about. Y'all all stry- stroll the aisles of Target. Oh, yeah. So so they're ready. Oh, for sure. They're We've gonna, all done a do 5K it. in Target right. before, come on. All right, so, so yeah. tell the people what you're most excited about when it comes to the, the 5K.
1: Mm, besides closing a ring on my Apple Watch, because <laughs> I'm really yeah. excited. I never do that. Besides that. I'm really excited just to fellowship with other families, all of you, because you're gonna sign up. Oh, which reminds me real quick. Uh, Sign up ends tomorrow. Tomorrow. So if you haven't done that, you should pull out your phone. No, just kidding. <laughs> but sign up, registration ends tomorrow. So Valentine's Day at 9 p.m. But All right. we just fill it up today.
0: Yeah, we yeah. should just fill it up today. Yeah, right now. Yeah, sign up. You can up. go to
1: calvary5k.com.
0: Calvary5k.com. Or
1: calvarypsl.com <laughs> and just click on the link right on the homepage. It says sign up for the 5K.
0: Yeah. And join me in walking. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. It, it goes to a great cause, right? The, uh, what is it?
1: Oh, the best school
0: ever. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, sign up for the 5K. All right. Can we thank Ariel for coming out today? All right. I'm going to ask the ministry team to go ahead and come forward, please. These men and women are up here to to pray for you for anything that you have going on in your life, but just a reminder to those of you who entered into a new covenant relationship with the Lord today, please, please, please don't leave without getting a Bible. Uh, we'd love to meet you. Uh, guests, um, wanna say welcome to you. We're so glad you came today. Uh, by the way, this is what we do. We make much of Jesus, and, and we're all about seeing lives changed uh, for the cause of Christ. But yeah, so glad you came today. We have a free gift for you right out those doors at the Next Steps area. And then finally, uh, we have uh, several ways that you can give. Um, the PushPay app is the best way, uh, but also an easy way, you can just scan the QR code in front of you um, with your phone and it'll take you uh, right to it. All right. Well, stand with me, please. Just want to pronounce a blessing over you. I pray that the Lord watches over you, that he guides you and that he protects you and go bangles. All right. God bless you guys. Have a great day.